0: I've been thinking a lot about how we're going into an eclipse season, Mm -hmm. right? Eclipses are the bringers of change. It brings change that you need, but if you knew how to do it, you would have already done it. It's bringing things that you need, but you don't know how to make that shit land. Um, And at the same time, we're having seven retrogrades. Um, The retrogrades are having us turn inward. Um, I just wrote a paper on this and I was saying, the way I titled it is, um, are you okay? Right. What do you need? Right. Like, am I good? I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I am good. Am I good? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I might be hurting a little bit. Um, and, and it, and, and from that, I've really been thinking about how, how insecure and vulnerable and exposed it is to be independent. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, am I okay? no. Right. am I going to quit? No, Mm-mm. I could, but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and thinking more and more about how liberation or independence or walking outside of old rules, old structures, old expectations, old traditions, whatever um, is very exposing mm-hmm. and having to check in on yourself and not give up at the same time. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. That's hard work. I feel like it's striking. I'm getting a little emotional about it. It's striking a really big thing for me um, in the sense that I had told you like this book, um, the Burning Woman book has been like, I finished it this morning on the plane right home. And she was talking about this very thing as well at the, like, at the end of the chapter. And was like, the more you get comfortable with coming into who you are as like a person that is coming out of generations and lifetimes of oppression and suppression um, and suffering. And you get to this place where you're starting to expose yourself and expose not only yourself in the sense of like, these are my skill sets. This is what I believe, but also in the sense of like, no, now I'm going to stand for my truth and I'm going to be unwavering in that in my career, in my relationships in the way I parent and the way I show up in everything, like I'm going to just be completely, <laughs> the dogs can go off, completely <laughs> unwavering in that commitment. Um, you know, when she talks about that, like it was very much like this raw vein where she immediately was like, "There's so much that can come out of that," of like just fear and being exposed and judged and ridiculed and to know that you also have to walk through that like ring of fire um, which always makes me think of like for anybody that's birthed or for birthing you know whether it is literally like you're birthing a child or you're birthing a project or whatever there's that moment that happens when you go into the project or you go into labor where you walk up to it and you're like Holy shit, this is really taking everything in me to do this. And I don't know if how, what's on the other side of this? Like, I don't know if I can actually birth this child. I don't know that I can actually birth this project. I don't know that I'm going to make it through this transformation alive. And there's that like split second mentality where you go, maybe I should just back off. Mm. Maybe I should just walk back. And like, that's quitting in a lot of ways and it's also just not available like it's that fleeting moment where you're like maybe I should back off hold on to what control I thought I had and breathe into it and then as soon as you have that thought it's like that's not that's not available for me anymore like the only way through is through the ring ring of fire
0: yeah and I I've I've noticed that um First, I've noticed that I keep having this feeling of who's going to show up and tell me it's going to be okay.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Who's going to show up and protect me? Who's going to show up and show me the way? Who's going to show up and pick me up? Nobody, nobody. It's you and you. It's you and you. Mm
1: -hmm. Get
0: used to it. Get used to it. You and you. Like that's, I feel like, I feel like it's something that's in my bones where I keep looking for someone to show up and be the person to be like, and this is what you do next. And you'll get an A and then you do this and then you'll get a promotion and then you'll do this and you get a new car and then you'll do this and people will approve of you. And then you'll do that. And like these things, like give me an assignment and I will ace that shit. There are no assignments when you're out here free. You're living. What the hell are you, what, what are you going to do? Let's go. What are you going to do? So and, it, and, and then like, there's, there's a real like struggle when that feeling of maybe I should back off, mm-hmm. right? Where b- me, I keep thinking, this is exactly where excellence is born. Mm-hmm. Everyone backs off here. Everyone. Yeah. If you're going to go all the way, this is the part where you go, uh-uh, I'm yeah. not, I'm not. I'm not backing off. I'm going to stay right here. And uh, another thing that I find interesting, if not heartbreaking, is every time I come up with an image in my head of someone who pushed past the point when, when everyone said, you're not going to make it. They're like, I, I'm going to make it or die. Right. And they keep going. All those examples in my head are men. Mm-hmm. They have I don't, always been men. I don't have visions of women doing that.
1: No, I mean, the only vision I have of that is a Joan of Arc. I mean, and, yeah, and let, look at what happened in her lifetime, you know? And I think like that speaks to that bigger archetypical patterning there of like that women have been inbred with and our great grandmothers and our grandmothers and our great great grandmothers and all the way back have been bred with like, you need somebody to help you. You inherently as a female are not enough at, on your own. And so therefore, somebody else has to help you. But a man has never been taught that story because you can take it back to Adam and Eve. You can take it back even further than that. You know, like (laughs) that (laughs) the masculine has been very much inherently um, on his own island. And women have been taught you go out to that island in order to figure out how to rise above it and how to make your place in it um, and how to demonstrate your intelligence and we've been doing it from a very a very place that is so patriarchal like I think about this a lot in the sense of you know I I teach people about food and about coming back into their bodies And the way that I've always been taught is that, oh, well you go and you present to them and you demonstrate that you know all of the details. You back it up with research. You hold all of the facts in front of you and that is how you command a classroom. That is how you lecture somebody. That system is based on men In the medical system that system is completely based on the patriarchy where it says like you have to have all this evidence but if you look at how females really truly lead it's more from this sacred centered place of emotional awareness of like in my soul this is what i know to be true throughout the lifetimes that i've lived rather than this place of like okay x y and z says this it's a very different way to approach things and i think that comes back to your original point about like being exposed of like we don't necessarily have a framework of what it looks like to be a female or to identify as female and present ourselves in a way that is very exposed um and vulnerable and from the place that we are rescuing ourselves that nobody else is going to come lay out the game plan for us we're doing ourselves
0: this is it right this is it yep um i'm i'm noticing that thing about presentation right Mm -hmm. I'm noticing that the way that I read charts is starting to change. Like um, I, I, I say a lot in readings. Like there's all kinds of, I'm, I'm like, this is here and this is here. And I show them what's going on with their charts or whatever. I find myself more and more asking, like saying, okay, this is, this is how I would normally say this plays out. But you tell me, how does this play out in your life? And I'm, I'm surprised more often than not how, their variation of oh well, this is how it 's played out in my life rather than me telling them this is how it 's going to play out, how it fleshes out the chart even more, see what i 'm saying like mm-hmm. like i 'm starting to be more receptive about i can 't tell you your story right. I can tell you I can tell you the structure of it pretty precisely, but i 'm really interested how does this play out, how does it play out? like to have masculine and feminine so close together mm-hmm. some people some people have like gender identities or yeah. they realize that they were like they're not heterosexual but some people are like i'm a, just a real badass at work i'm like great right. okay well right you can't you can't name people's stories you have to receive them mm-hmm. there was uh i don't remember who it was i heard a few years ago uh God, who was it Some, somewhere along the way? I heard someone suggest that, um, loving people is, uh, is receiving mm. love is receiving. Yep. And, and I remember at the time people flipped their shit, like love is receiving. Cause everybody thought that that meant selfishness, right? Like, Give me love, but it, it's not that it's opening yourself up and fully receiving a full person. Mm hmm. Opening up and and allowing the fullness of them in, and that's what I'm starting to feel in readings lately is receiving people, not just telling them what's in their chart. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do. It's really interesting you're saying this because I just reworked the way that I did readings. Um, because I came into doing intuitive readings and I was like, Oh, I'm going to sit with my guides, I'm going to download all of this information that comes through. I'm going to channel this information. I'm going to verify it with some tarot cards and with some other tools. And then like, that's how I am going to deliver it to individuals. And then within like the last month, I've really gotten clear of like, no, I'm going to download and channel the information. And it's also going to be like, Here's this information that your guides presented to me, and I am just a hollow read in which it flew, it flowed through. How does it sit with you? Because not everything that I say is going to sit with you. Not everything that I do will sit with you. Like, what is the language that you're picking up on? And what does the story say to you? Like, what is the story to you when you hear these things? Mm-hmm. It's very... It's, it's definitely a shift, and I think it's just really interesting that you and I both are having that in like two different realms. You know,
0: yeah, that is that that being a practitioner isn't sitting in front of someone and lecturing to them. It's it's symbiotic, it's synergistic, it's it's giving and receiving.
1: Completely, I think it's really interesting too because like.
0: You know, so
1: my background is obviously in health. And so the health model has always come from the medical model. Like nutrition has been part of the medical model, which, you know, there's patriarchy and its finest of like taking away the right for midwives to practice, taking away the right for herbalists to practice, because that was a female centered realm. And then inserting a bunch of masculine men that said, hey, I'm a figurehead. You come to me, you say you have an ache, I'm gonna tell you what that ache is, rather than like how does that actually that ache feel in your body? Is it inflamed after you eat hamburgers, or does it feel worse after you go running? Or do you have more aches after you get in an argument with your partner? Like there is an inherent ability to take ownership in your own life. And that is really where like I see a lot of medicine moving in like an in integrative and holistic practices, but That's not the framework that we have medicine and it's just playing out in so many different arenas of like, whether it's astrological readings or intuitive readings or in medicine, like we have this structure that is obviously based upon, I'm a figurehead. I know more about you than you do about yourself. And I feel like that script is flipping. Mm -hmm. It's really beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I, whenever you're describing that, I wonder if there's a third voice in the room. Like mm-hmm. it's not just the practitioner and someone who's seeking the practitioner's guidance, but if, if there's a voice of life itself speaking, Hmm. right? Like, um, like just like in moments let's let's get out of the practitioner uh scenario yeah. but just in our lives whenever we start going i need someone to tell me what to do and cuz i don't know and i'm confused and what if there, what if there isn't another person what if you go to the third voice the mm-hmm. third voice is is life itself saying mm-hmm. right now you need to you need to be calm and like okay i'll be calm and then like asking the third voice again, what's going on? And be like, now you need to move your ass. Like, okay, (laughs) I shall. Wow, right? Like listening listening to something bigger than us as the third voice in the room.
1: Well, I think you're hitting on something that's so important too. Like that really comes from a place of wanting to do your own inner work. Like your own inner work of like, okay, can I get quiet enough to hear that third voice? can i tune down the anxiety that i am feeling and the depression that i'm sensing and like the suffering that is happening in the collective like can i remove myself in such a manner that i am so self-centered in my like own self-care and healing that i can have that direct source in a direct connection to my guides to my higher power to whatever signs that you may subscribe to you know that's really I'm beginning to wonder if that work is for everyone. Um, you know, I've talked to a girlfriend about this a lot of like, I don't, I don't know any other way of being in the world where I don't question everything, where I don't say, Hey, I'm viewing something this way. Is that true for me? Is this a storyline that I've created up? Do my guides, do my like higher powers have something else that I'm supposed to be seeing in this situation? Like, I don't know how to separate myself from overanalyzing absolutely every aspect right mm-hmm. and then i talk to other people and i really am seeing that for a lot of people there's not like that internal drive of like who is that third voice how do i access it do i even want to do i even want to hear it in the first place
0: yeah i i, I, I i'll tell you how i know is if i'm ruminating on all the things that could go wrong Mm-hmm. If I'm going, oh, shit, I'm fucked, that's not the third voice. The no. third voice always, the third voice doesn't yell. The Mm-mm. third voice is not forceful. The third voice conveys. Yep. Right? If you can get still enough, it'll be like, uh, oh, I need to go get some asparagus. Yes. I don't know why. <laughs> so true. it's just a conveyance. It's It's not even like, you better go get asparagus or you're going to die. It's not like that.
1: There's not that urgency on it whatsoever. Mm -mm. Today I was traveling with my son, who's five, through LAX at 6 a.m. in the morning. And I was like, easy could have been one of those like panic attack moments for me, (laughs) right? Like I'm lugging lots of things and he's like, mama, I'm tired. I'm like, this has got disaster written all over it. And I, like, I took a minute and I got down on his level and I was like, look, we need to just take three deep breaths. We've got to take three deep breaths together. we got to get real centered. And he was like, okay. And so I took three deep breaths and then he came back up and he was like, I think we just both need some oils and crystals. And I'm like, mm-hmm, we do. <laughs> no, I
0: agree. Do. I'm for that. I'm That's for that. Right.
1: I will pull them <laughs> out right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the third voice in the room. So I'm curious about like, what what does astrology say about that? Like about the consciousness, about where that that third voice comes in, of like how to tap into that. Like where you know, do you get what I'm going going at? Like I feel like mm-hmm. this is a very unclear question, but
0: no, it's very clear. Um, it's uh, at the moment uh, Neptune, not at the moment. It's been there for years, but Neptune is in its home sign. Neptune is in Pisces, and mm-hmm. it's retrograde. When mm-hmm. Neptune is retrograde um, it can feel like God has left the building. Like you've been dropped. You've been abandoned. Nobody's nobody's shown up. There are no guides. That was all in your head. It's just, you're just roughing it. Um, which is not true. Like we've never been abandoned. We've never been left. We've never been dropped. It's just a feeling. And it's a feeling that's there on purpose to make you go within and say, God is here, like within my core, Mm -hmm. within my core. So, I what I say often is get very still and listen to the whispers. Listen to the silence. There's something being said in there. If you can get still enough, there's something there's something being told to you about what you need to do. But personally, I I have to get in water. I have like I sit in the shower. Uh I sit in the shower and I also uh I don't we may have talked about this before. (laughs) Like I have no planets in any earth signs. Mm -hmm. And so I'm completely ungrounded all the time. And that's why I'm like, I like everything you say, I'm like, tell me more about that. (laughs) What should I be eating? Holy shit. You know? know. (laughs) So sometimes when I'm in the shower, like to force myself to ground, I put my forehead on the on the wall of the shower. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Force myself to ground and have the the shot the water on me. And that forces me to be right here right now and listen. Mm Um, and then, and then I don't, I don't know if you do this too. Uh, I use my, uh, chanting like, uh, Nam-myoho-renge-kyo, right? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then I also use the Ho'oponopono. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And I do it over and over and over and over and over. And sometimes I do it and I don't even know what I'm hooponopono in the first place. I just start. And I even tell myself, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? But give it five minutes and I'm crying. You know what I mean? And it doesn't even have to be something explicitly that you're tapping into. It's just something. Something Mm -hmm. is in you.
1: Yeah. I completely agree with all of that. I mean, I think um, Sat is one that, like, just I am a I think it like I always got real tripped up when I was learning about meditation and chanting because it was I always felt like I have to know all these words I have to learn like this whole language that I don't know and then to just be like you know make it really simple too of like I am love I am loved like every night my son and I go through this ritual where we go through like I am worthy I am loved I am loved I am supported like I am smart I am wise I am held I am compassionate I am kind like whatever it may be like to keep you coming back into your body. I think like the power of our voices and the reverberation that they do in our body to change cellular structures by just saying them out loud. And you don't even have to know where they're going. Like I do the same ho'oponopono Pono too. And I'm like, I have no idea half the time. Like it will get triggered because I've done something or I've seen something in the world. And I'm like, Oh, my heart hurts about that. And by the time I've done fit, gone through the round of it, I don't even know what I began off of, you know, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and just making it very simple in that manner.
0: I taught to, often I give people, like I, in, for the intensives, I give people tools to use between weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of the tools I use is the I am statement. Mm-hmm. I am. Like, mm-hmm. and, and again, I, I'm, I do these in the shower. Yeah. Um, but it's, but I, but I tell people, let anything come up. Like, I was just talking with someone uh, right before we started talking, where, you know, if something comes up where you go, I am selfish, like, oh, shit, where'd that come from? Wow. Right. And, and it's like, where I am selfish. And evaluate it. Don't push it away like, no, 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 that's not true. Like, right. hang on. Why did I say I am selfish? Yeah. And, 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 and maybe it's more about, sorry, there's You're all good. apparently emergency.
1: (laughs) I had an emergency with the dog barking. So like this is just real life, you know?
0: (laughs) It's it's like whenever you have like derogatory or um uh self-loathing kind of things come up. Don't be like, oh I shouldn't say that. Okay, so I am selfish. Fine. I am selfish. Why? Why are you selfish? Because I want all possibilities to be open to me at all times. Okay, how about you're open to possibilities? And then it's like, Oh, I'm not selfish. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's
1: such a good teaching. I I used to do a lot of like um, soul retrieval work that I sat in um, groups where we would look at like, you know, past life influences and things like that. And that was always one of the biggest takeaways I always had with me after doing that work was about rather than like ter- flipping the script which we all want to do and I think we talked about this a little bit last time about like when you have to lean into your shadow of like I'm selfish or I am demanding or whatever that negative connotation is that we've bought, sold and made our own we inherently want to turn away from it and when we like no that's not true and we automatically want to push it away which means it is going to come back full force you know and how to really move that through us is to make friends with it and to create space from it of like exactly how you said with like, I am selfish or I really just want all of the opportunities that I can create for myself. And in acknowledging that storyline, you create this so much more expansiveness, not only for your own internal storyline, but for the external storyline of what's going on around you of like, that's a healing for so many people i think of like to be able to shift i am selfish i'm demanding i'm needy whatever it may be and to rewrite that story into something that's more of a positive connotation that gives you more spaciousness to come back into those places of stillness um and solitude and quietness like i think we're always tuned in on some level psychically tuned in if we pay attention like if you Always see recurring numbers, or there's dreams that come up, or I'm the same way as you are. I end up constantly having to be in water. Um, like, I'm, my fingers are t- typically always pruny. Like, it's a real deal. <laughs> 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 it's, it's a serious problem. I really need to move to
0: the ocean. And so, and so w- what oftentimes people will say to me, you know, I, I thought this, but then I didn't know if I was just making it up. So the third voice in the room, right? Yeah. Is it, is it God? Is it your higher self? Is it the greater force of life? Is it all in your head? And I, I keep coming back to who cares? So what? <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if, if it's like, oh, that feels right. doesn't matter. You can you can call it anything. You can call it your higher self. You can call it being really still. You can call it your cats are awesome to you, and it made your mind open up. Whatever. If if it if it's bringing you out of worry and into a knowing, the third voice in the room is just knowing. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't. I can I can I can have a a chant that just says purple over and over. Mm-hmm. I can just say purple, purple 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 until my mind quiet mm-hmm. and I can see oh I'm just tired I'm not bitchy I'm right. tired yeah. getting the mind to quiet brings a knowing forward that's the third voice in the room
1: it's the third voice in the room and like I go to like so what even if you are making it up the reality is most of us are acting out of programming and patternings that we've inherited from our parents our families our society mo- lots of generations before us right like we all have these places of patterning where if we're not being really conscious and aware of that third voice then we're acting out on the patterns so if this voice comes up in your head and you're like well i don't know if i can trust it what's the harm gonna be if you trust it when we know that like most of the time you get in a like an argument with somebody you're going to react a certain way if you change the script and flip the script a little bit by acting differently because you have quieted your mind enough to hear like, oh, hey, this person's feeling really hurt right now, or hey, you're being kind of short because you haven't ate in eight hours, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, that gives me a different opportunity to look at the patterning in which I would normally just snap and be like, oh, that, that was just like unconscious programming that I was acting out of rather than allowing myself to see the bigger picture or tuning into that voice.
0: Mm -hmm. And, 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 and I think we're going to have to get really used to this new skill that whenever the old structures, old rules, traditions, old paradigms, expectations are crumbling, we have to be really still in the moment and be like, what makes sense to me and what doesn't being really comfortable with listening to ourselves, Um, that sounds so nice, but it's hard. It's It's very, really hard. Yeah. Because I mean, if you, if you just, I mean, even if, even if we look at what we're doing right now, right. Mm -hmm. Like what we're doing right now is dictated by the expectation that for some reason we can't be in the same room. Right. Okay. Right. Maybe we can. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe we take this and we turn it into something else and we're not stuck here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like constantly be thinking about how things can change and grow. Um, I, I find myself in current time really wrestling with this. I think it's because I've been so achievement oriented for my whole life. Like, really, like my entire life, decades of being achievement-oriented. Well, because that proves you're successful. It proves that I got an A. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've passed it. You are a good girl. Good job. Yeah. But now it's like, you can do anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, really? Nobody's going to, like grade me. Nobody's going to, you know, evaluate me or whatever. And uh, certainly people will evaluate me by how I treat them and how I operate in the world. But uh, there are no assignments. Nobody is coming to say, this is what you have to do. Right. It's disorienting to me.
1: It's very disorienting. And I think it's really interesting you're bringing this up because this morning, um, I I've mentioned that I'm like a lifelong journaler. And I've recognized in the last couple of weeks, my journaling entries have gotten very specific in the sense that I am at some point in time in the entry, having to write out what self-care means to me and what are the practices I do in self-care. It's almost as if I'm afraid that I can't, I will not remember it. Like I won't remember how do I create joy for myself oh, I take a walk in the woods. I talk with a girlfriend. I have a cup of tea outside. I go swim in the lake. Like I do yoga. Like those are the things like I'm, I'm writing these lists as if like, oh, this is going to be very valuable for you to come back to, because it feels like it's so it's amping up in such a way that if I don't remember what is my core that keeps me very centered and quiet so I can hear that voice, then all could like swell in and get lost. And I mean, lost in like anxiety or wrapped up in what's happening with the collective or wrapped up in what's happening within society. You know, that I could easily be swayed off because I have also been like, oh, in order to be successful in my life, I have to have this degree. I have to have this job. You know, like I've always marked myself on, do I have four A's or do I have five? Mm -hmm. It's a Mm -hmm. lot better for me to have five than it is for me to have four. Mm
0: -hmm. So I agree with you completely. I, I, I keep, I keep bringing this up that, that there's, there's something happening with us on an individual level where we're healing our humanness. It's, it's Chiron and Aries. We, we talked about before where this mm-hmm. the, the Chiron going from Pisces to Aries happens around liberation movements. Right. And, and, and I've been saying, I, I don't think that we start liberating ourselves and each other because we feel awesome about ourselves. I think mm-hmm. we look up and go, Holy shit, what have we done? Mm-hmm. Um, Uranus and Taurus is revolutionizing what we value. We don't don't know what we truly value. We're told what to value. We're programmed what to value. We're not going to be able to flip that whole thing until we can be present within ourselves and go, does this make me feel good or like shit? I think this makes me feel like shit. Wow. You know what I mean? And then whenever there's a big collapse happening at the macro level, South Node, in Aquarius, Aquarius going into Capricorn. The North Node is in Leo going into Cancer. It's reach for being heart wide open, reach for caring for ourselves and each other, reach for how we can feel okay and safe and at home and comfortable in our lives no matter what's going on around us. Don't let what's going on around us dictate how we feel? How do you feel? He- healing our humanness and not letting structures that are falling down dictate how we're going to live.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so big because I feel, I personally am feeling this, like it, the structures, for me, I'm like breaking it down, right? Like I, I, the structures of being a partner in relationship, the structures of being a mother, the structures of being a female in society that's doing something that's quote unquote outside the box it's kind of risky because there's a part of me that remembers you know being really tortured i think in a lot of ways um, for opening my mouth it's very scary to liberate yourself and share things that may not strike with the common cord you know and that's one of the structures that i live on those daily day day day-to-day basis of like how do i feed myself like what kind of food do i provide for myself and then there's the bigger macro structures of like what's going on in the collective and it can be really overwhelming to look at what's going on within our political system what's going on within our personal relationships have I bought into any of these structures and these stories that have been bought it have been sold to me that like this is what life is supposed to look like and if I have bought them, like how, what does it require of me to dismantle them? And I think that's where like these list of self-care comes in. Cause it's like, this is dismantling of major things of how I have functioned in the world. Like how I have seen myself as a good woman, as I've seen myself as a professional and like in the corporate government realm, like how I've seen myself as a good mother of like, Oh, I have to do these X, Y, and Z things. And I've bought these storylines and now to be in a place where you, you begin to dissect them and say, is this really true for me? How does this feel in my body? And if it doesn't feel good, then how do I honor myself while giving space to creating another storyline here?
0: Yeah. And, um, I'll tell you what's been coming up for me whenever I evaluate how I feel is I'm very aware of privilege Mm -hmm. when, when I feel uncomfortable, whenever I'm not able to get like all organic stuff. And I feel like shit about that whenever, um, like the car that I had before was a company car and I haven't replaced it yet since I left corporate America. When I'm walking with my groceries, I'm like, Oh, this is inconvenient. I'm like, well, shit. Bitch, some people have to walk to get water. What are right. you complaining about? Come on. Yeah, like, like the the place of uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's Chiron and Aries, but I'm really feeling the weight of you are far more privileged than you realize, and you need to check yourself and recognize that people all over the planet, in an in in an unjust kind of way. Yes don't have the luxury of going, do I want this conventional carrot? Or I don't want this organic carrot. Some it's people don't different. have that luxury to ask that goddamn question. They don't you know even have access I mean? to like, it. Privilege yeah. is weighing, privilege is like, probably, my Chiron is in Aries, so I, this is probably part of Chiron return. Pe- people with Chiron in Aries, are, we're probably all kind of facing this right mm-hmm. now. But what we've done to ourselves and each other, like what the, hell, the impact that privilege has on people. It feels like a
1: real deep stripping. And I'm like, I'm in the same place that you are. I definitely have been having that internal conversation because it does feel like it's a real raw stripping down to me of privilege. And that's just like another structure that's been bought into, I think because of the way I was raised or because of where I was born, honestly, like the schools that I went to, whatever it may be, like that I had privileges that other people did not. And now it's almost as if like the veil has come off. And because I have seen the veil come off and recognize very deeply that I am sitting in a place for that is completely different than a lot of other people. And that's really fucked up. It's not fair. And it should not, like there should be an equilibrium across the board. And yet like, is requiring me to look very squarely in the face of like, well, where have I created my own sense of privilege? Where have I chosen to separate myself from the other?
0: Yeah. I mean, um, we've talked about this, you and I, uh, before about, um, kind of like what goes into being like an entrepreneur, right? You have to build from the foundation up. And sometimes that's hard. And we don't, we don't, there's nobody giving assignments. And you don't know if you're going to make it. And you don't know what the next move is. You don't know where this is going. You're, you're just having to hustle. And even within that, I think like some people don't have the privilege of leaving the job that's killing them mm-hmm. in order to do something like that. That's even that, even that is a privilege of choosing to not work in a job that's killing you. That's a privilege. Some people don't have the privilege of just living like I'm going to leave this job because it's killing me. Yep. Do you know how many people can't, that's not an option. That's not an option. That, that angers me. That makes me angry
1: yeah that makes me want to write like the end this it always comes back to this is what we we're talking about earlier it makes me want to take like it to the picket fences like that's where i go i get real charged up i'm like okay how do we change it what are we gonna do and then i come back to this blank piece of like okay well i can call i can donate i can make posters i can raise my voice And it still doesn't feel like that is enough. That does not systematically change. But maybe that is because I am doing it from the perspective of how I've been taught or how I have bought into like, this is how you change structures. Because there's not an example of how structures are dismantled outside of this. We protest and then we take up arms and then we like dismantle from that manner of like, arguing about it and getting really inflamed. Like, I don't know any other process to dismantling structure.
0: I feel like there's a component in that, in in all of those ways that we're taught how to affect the system, that there's a component in there that involves asking for permission. Yeah. Like, I just saw a story about I think she's in New York and I can't remember. I think she's in New York, but there's a woman who like, there's, there's a big problem with, with how much waste we have in food, like restaurants, grocery stores, throwing away so much food. And so she just started her own company where she started an app. There's an app where people can be like, I've got, you know, 500 pounds of food at this location and they just go get it in their cars and take it to people who are hungry. Okay. And she just decided that's what she's gonna do. She didn't ask anybody. That's, yeah. this, is what, this is what we're doing now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that's where we have to come from. That, that Uranus and Taurus thing, like what do we value whenever there is no one to ask anymore? What do you wanna do? Yeah. What do you wanna do? You wanna go get all the food and take them to the hungry people? Go do that, okay. Yeah, it
1: makes me think of, I think you posted about her and I don't remember her name. Um, I think she's in New York too, that just won the Congressional, it was the Congressional from the Bronx. Yeah, From the Bronx. Yeah,
0: from the Bronx. Bronx. She didn't win the, it was the, the primary, so she, she didn't win the seat yet. Okay. But she got the Democratic primary. That's right. But I listened to
1: her speak about it, because I, I was very curious, because she's in our age group, and I was like, how, how did you do this, right? We're talking about a female from the Bronx, and a Latino-American. Mm-hmm. right? Like Latina, completely how did you do this? How did you win to seat? And she straight up is like, look, I only want to work with people that are approaching the system in a completely different way. She's like, I didn't raise any money. It was me hitting the streets, me talking to people. I'm not doing it any bit of the way that I was taught that I had to do this. Like, that's not the way this is working anymore. And I listened to her and I was like, that's, this is how you impact the system. This is how it changes because it's that's not... Right doing it the way we have been told, like, okay, we have to ask permission, may I have a protest on Saturday at seven o'clock, and I will register all these people, like, that's,
0: that's not how it's going to happen anymore. Right, she, um, she had to, they, the, she was saying that all of New York did not think that she was going to be able to get on the ballot, they didn't think she, that they had the signatures, and they got 5,480 signatures, yeah, awesome. when normally to get on a ballot, people spend like, tens of thousands of dollars for some company to go out and and, 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 and blanket the area to get signatures for them. She said, we got, we got the signatures and I got on the ballot with not $1, not $1. And she was saying that that, 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 that that race that she was in was people versus money. She said, mm-hmm. we have the people, they have the money. And people. Will, she said that people say that she's coming up from the left. And she's mm-hmm. like, I'm not coming up from the left. I'm coming up from the bottom. Mm-hmm. I'm coming. Oh God, I'm not I chills.
1: I'm chills. Like oh. <laughs> goosebumps all over my body right now. Yeah, she's this like, is I, how you know you're hitting yeah. the vein right there. <laughs> I,
0: that's right. I'm 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 coming up from the the people who are not being represented, who are working hard and still can't earn a right to live. Yeah. I'm coming up from the bottom, I'm coming up from the bottom, like, let's get them, call the t-shirt maker. Okay. Yeah,
1: for sure. <laughs> There's a lot of emotional charge on that for sure. And how, like, I always take this, like that lesson. And then how do you make that apply to your own life? Right. Cause I think we can do this very interesting thing where we disassociate, where we're like, that's really amazing for her. She must be really driven to change something from her neighborhood, you know, and I could never do that. Like, I don't want to have a congressional seat or be on the the ticket or represent anyone. But like, there's smaller things that we can do. And I think that's where I always come back to it. Like, okay, well, what would that like, true dismantling look like? If, with having the conversation of privilege in place, would the dismantling look like you leave an abusive relationship with a dismantling look like that you do a, a babysitting sharing with your family so you can or your friends so that you can get out on the streets and look for a different job that would be, gives you more soul fulfilling like work like you know like i always come back to that place of like okay what does this mean and how can it be transcribed for mass amounts of people rather than just like these one individual and in, individuals
0: uh, my opinion is it's the earth Mm -hmm. it's it's if everyone would start growing their own food massive corporations would go out of business for sure and 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 whenever i mentioned this people people were like i don't i live in an apartment i'm not going to grow my own food or like i have a backyard but i am not going to shovel my backyard i'm just not going to do it and and so i i go further with that i'm like okay how do i answer that like i i was talking with uh with my ex-husband, <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. I want to. I want people to be able to take something off the shelf, open it up. It's already built for. It's a. It's a box. It's got dirt in it. It's got the nutrients in it that you need. Here are your seeds. Put it in your window. Bam, you're growing food. Like everyone should be growing some kind of food, even if you're in an apartment. It's so easy to where that you own your life. Yeah, you own what's going into your body. I really I really think it's earthbound. I think that anything that we're doing to, anything we're doing to unplug from being consumers mm-hmm. and unplug from being used for our labor in ways that are not meaningful to us. Unplug from that. Those are the two things that we're being used for. Mm-hmm. We are batteries for labor, and consumption. consumption. Yep. Start with consumption. Unplug. Don't turn. If you are watching anything with ads on it, turn it off. So true. You're being used. Yep. Find out. Find, I was talking to a, um, a friend of mine who's a professor, and where is she now? I feel like she's in Chicago. Um, she was saying that it it doesn 't make sense anymore for us to just be throwing away things that we 're not using. People no. are repurposing. G- donate it D- don 't buy new. go find something that 's already used and that works perfectly fine and, and, and repurpose it. Anything that 's contributing to being here as a human, healing our humanness it matters right. I completely agree so i oh. Too, I
1: have so many ideas. Lots of awarenesses right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I grew up like farming, right? Like all my family are farmers. So I have this real interesting perspective on anybody growing because I've spent the last twelve years teaching people this very thing. It's so doable to buy a fifty-nine cent seed packet and dump the seeds into anything that you have—a coffee tin a bucket lying around, a cat litter thing, make sure you wash it out. Like, <laughs> you know, like the, the, it's, it, it's really attainable to do that and to just give it a little water. And it's also like this bigger reclamation. Like, I mean, I'm gonna get real out there on it for you for, on a second. If we are able to grow and sustain and nurture our own food, the earth, that is our bodies that is feeding our bodies, that is creating our own ability to nurture, sustain and create health within our own living cells. And then we can create that externally. And growing our own food is one of the absolute simplest ways that you can do it. And I don't care if it's a matter of like, I teach kids to do this like all the time and give them seeds and then we put, they're just growing little parsley in a little plastic cup and any aspect of light that they can find. People in apartments can grow food. You can go on the rooftop and grow food. You can grow food out the side of your window. You can put them in containers. Like I used to live in Florida and I didn't have any area. Like I was in an apartment. I had um, those boxes that you pack in, you know, like um, the big tubs. Mm -hmm. I filled it with dirt and put seeds in there. And I grew all of my food for the summer for myself. Like it's really doable, and I think your point is too that like, one, the Earth needs us now more than ever before, and when we talk about like things heating up in the collective, like I think for me and probably for you, like I mean that more worldwide, not just within people and humanity and the collective consciousness, but also within like our Earth is heating up; it's changing in ways that like are pretty irreversible. And if we don't get ahead of that and tackle it now, there's bigger consequences from like wildfires and floods and droughts and all that sort of thing. And then to take back ownership of our own food system. I mean, the money in agriculture owns a lot of our government. That's one of the biggest Mm -hmm. ways I completely agree with you um, to dismantle the way it's set up because the foods that are subsidized are the ones that kill us they're the ones that make us the sickest so the things that you can do to take back and like grow a carrot on your own so easy and I like we'll talk anybody through that at any point in time and then like the other piece that we brought you brought up that really was ringing true is now escaped me so (laughs) (laughs) this is what jet lag does to you
0: yeah yeah. I, I remember, um, I stayed at a, a is an Airbnb kind know. of deal on a lake. Mm-hmm. Somebody had a lake house and, um, and they had a chicken coop and my privileged city ass was like, wow, chickens, they like lay eggs and they're free. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. Yeah. Like, things like that. I'm like, this is, why aren't we doing this? (laughs) And they'll
1: eat your scraps of the tops of your zucchinis and things that you're not eating. It's amazing way to repurpose things. That's what the point was about repurposing. I think that, you know, I, I think this is some, one of those things that's very simple point, but it has much larger implications on the big scale of things of how I grew up going to Goodwills. I grew up buying thrift clothes and things and repurposing everything we could possibly have our hands on. And there's a part of me that bought into the storyline of if I don't have to do that, I have become successful. I Mm -hmm. have truly made it then because I can buy new things. And that is lovely. And as I've gotten older, I have realized that it's the exact opposite, like that I actually find a lot of joy in finding things that need a new home or clothes that have life still left to give in them. Um, and that brings me a lot more joy than it does to buy something new. It's like that whole Mercedes Benz conversation of like, does it, do I really need Mercedes Benz or could I get where I'm going on my two feet?
0: Like, right. Or on a bicycle. Right. Like, what the hell am I doing? What yeah. am I doing? This is yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Um, I keep thinking, I keep thinking of, along when we're talking along these lines of what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? That sounds like the third voice in the room to me mm-hmm. just to even wonder. Yeah. Huh? What can I do? Like, what if the third voice in the room is your curiosity? Yeah. What if the third voice in the room is saying, take a pause, think about it. How do you feel? Mhm. And it's like oh, I feel like this is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Go forward with that. Right. If, if you feel like this is fucked up, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about
1: it? Yeah, it makes me think of like that that child like wonder, you know, before I think kids before like prior to the age of 7 when they are so pure in their energy fields and they have that curiosity and that inquisitiveness where something would enrage them and then they're I mean they'll react and rage for sure but then there's also that like oh well what how else could you have handled that like right like as a teacher or a parent like you hope that somebody's there saying well, how else could you have ha- handled the situation and but taking that childlike wonder in these situations of like okay if you're enraged and you would typically just shut down and isolate yourself, what else could you do? And I completely agree with you. Like that is definitely the third voice of reflecting and just allowing the space, spaciousness. That Nobody's asking you to have the answers. Like That's not part of the test. The test isn't A, B, C, and D. It's to sit with the questions and see how they could manifest into answers. So if you're enraged about something, what would it look like to sit with that rage and ask, what else could I do here? What would honor me in acting out of this, you know?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, you're being asked to care. Yeah. Like the North node is going to go into cancer in November and next week um, on the 12th, we've got uh, an eclipse in cancer and it's saying care what do you care about this? What matters to you care about something instead of being like, I don't care. Yes, Mm -hmm. you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. If now, if if we tighten the screws on you tight enough, you will care. (laughs) Like I don't care is, uh, I don't care. I think come, it's apathy, right? We talked about apathy before. That I don't care can come from privilege. You have the privilege of not caring. Yeah. But it's also shutting down and saying, it's always going to be like this. So I can't do anything. Is it always going to be like this?
1: No. And I also think for people that are sensitive, it can also feel like, you know, I keep coming back to the school shootings um, and what's been going on with the immigration policies and things like that. I was talking to a friend about it and she was like, I just think people are tapped out. Like, I think that they're emotionally tapped out and they cannot care about anything else because they're so overwhelmed by all of these situations that they, they don't know where to turn. Like, there is, there's no option for them to care about any of them. So they just don't care at all about one in particular. Don't you
0: think that's on purpose? Yes. Don't you think there's an active intent to desensitize us so that oh well here's just another day. Yes,
1: I do. And I also was like I just don't I don't want to get to the place where I think like that's an acceptable response where I'm like, oh, because all of these things are happening and they're very unjust in whatever way you want to think that they're unjust, like I don't want to get to the point where I'm justifying my ability to not care. Like For some reason inside of me, that is the same as like me saying, I would rather just die. Like Mm. if I am not caring about what is happening in humanity, like what is my true purpose? Because I don't believe that I'm, I am on this planet at this time to witness suffering, to witness destruction, to witness distress and anxiety and to take the blind eye of, well, that doesn't impact me. So I just don't need to care about it. And on the other hand of like, how can I deepen my caring? Because I think for a long time, it's been very easy to do surface level caring of, oh, well, I'm really close to burnout because I haven't slept in a week because I've been working 80 hours. I'll, I'll go to bed an hour early tonight. And that will be my care rather than being like, no, but what, how do I dig deeper into that? right like how do i really take care of myself so i can take care of other people
0: mhm but then i find but then i find myself falling into but what if we're what if we're being poked at to care about everything and not everything it, 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 some of it is smoke and mirrors so <laughs> like it it's it's like again it's becoming so still within yourself that you go does this feel does this feel like i'm being pushed in a like pulled in a direction in a manipulative kind of way mm-hmm. or is this a real thing that everybody needs to pay attention to like right now That's or am a- I being distracted am mm. I being distracted because something else is going on in the world you know what I mean like caring yeah, I- is also being discerning about what is real and what is not care enough to evaluate what's being presented to you and I think
1: That point is so huge because it's the discernment. And I think if you can figure out how to be discerning for yourself, and is this a distraction? Is this a smoke and mirrors tactic? Is this blowing me off course? It requires you to have some serious fucking boundaries with yourself of, Mm -hmm. hey, that's not in alignment with my truth. Hey, this looks like it's trying to get my goad and get me to react, even though like I'm not really interested in it. Like you have to be able to hold such a tight line for yourself and your sacredness that you like, I see that. And maybe it's not worth the time and effort right now. Or maybe like, this is my call up to the front lines of like, this is my issue that I
0: have to dismantle. Oh my God. It's so hard. It's very hard. hard. Like, how do you, how do you know the difference between the two? How do you know the difference between we have to care about Mm -hmm. this and And the difference between that and not everything deserves you diving headfirst into it. Some of it is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you know the difference between the two?
1: I think it comes back to the third voice. Like, what I'm finding and I'm playing this out within, you know, I've talked to you about this. Like, I have a real hard time with injustice happening in the political front. And I feel very like Joan of Arc archetype that comes up for me that I'm like, I'm supposed to be there, like completely dismantling stuff. And also... I know on a deep level that I'm not supposed to be doing that work at this present moment. Like that's not actually my work, but it's because of the fact that I am sitting and asking those questions and asking the third voice and I'm journaling and I'm going to water and I'm having these conversations with girlfriends and I am reading books. Like I, I am having to be so articulately centered with my own awareness and my own access to that third voice To know where I go because then I can feel, I can say, hey, does it feel lighter or does it feel like this is a contribution to my world to go down this rabbit hole? Can I foresee the energies of what would happen if I went here? Could I feel them? And most of the time, like nine times out of 10, I'm getting like a yes, or I'm getting the sensation of the energies or I'm getting words or awarenesses of what's going to happen if I would put my energy there. And then it's a requirement to trust myself.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing that uh, a lot of people are questioning at the moment. I don't like, what is my purpose? What is Mm -hmm. my call? Where, where am I being, where am I being drawn towards? And I find a lot of times right now, it's like, you need pause. Mm -hmm. Silence means stop. Don't move. Because you'll know, you'll know when something calls you, you can, you can go hide underneath the bed. It's still going to come find you. Mm-hmm. If something speaks to you. You can't not hear it. No. Like, uh, m- mine happens to be about my voice. You're not going to stop me talking. I'm mm-hmm. going to be talking about what's really happening in life forever. You'll have to take me out to make this stop. Right. That's just something that happened to me. It happened. I, I came under attack enough that I said, I'm going to strip this down to me and my words. You can take everything, but you will not take my words. And mm-hmm. that's something I'm willing to die for. Yep. You cannot take my words. It's things like that. Something hits you and yeah. you go, oh shit, this is it. This is, so- this is something I cannot look away from. This is no. my thing. Here it goes.
1: You can't look away from it at all it's not even an option like i was trying to explain this to my partner the other day because he was asking me you know like why are you so enlivened about what's going on in the collective and like that you're you feel everything that's happening and like that you want to speak about it all the time and like it is not an option for me to not talk about it it is not an option for me to not feel it like there has been something that has shifted so desperately inside of me that is like this is where you're headed i don't understand what the where the fuck i'm going I, mm-hmm. but it's requiring me to trust that I have to open my mouth. I have to expose myself. I have to trust what is coming through and I have to stand deeply rooted in that and be unfucking wavering with myself on it. And there's no other option. Like I do not have another option because that veil has been removed and now
0: it's like, I can't go back. I think that's when you know, that's yeah. when you know that I think that's when you've heard the third voice. Yeah is when it's something that you, it's not, it's not something that there's a debate about. It's a it's a knowing. The third voice is a knowing.
1: That's a really good way to sum that up.